Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. All right. Hey, ho, ho. It's hump day. It's the afternoon rush, December 6, 2023, and we got a lot to get into. Taylor Swift named uh, the Time Person of the Year, and dang it, she is she is the pop culture person of the century, if you ask me. We'll get into that story in Zochi won uh, Dancing with the Stars. We'll start off there. I've got some other news, a Bachelor alums uh, that were crashing the Dancing with the Stars set, some funny Christmas clips, and an update on the Clayton X paternity scandal that uh, that found its way into my inbox this morning, that being that the results of a third DNA test have returned little to no fetal DNA and the crazy paternity scandal that's rocked Bachelor Nation. So let's jump first to um, ABC7 and what they had to say about the Dancing with the Stars winner. Have a listen. Dancing with the Stars awarded the first of its newly named Len Goodman Mirrorball Trophies. Entertainment guru George Pinocchio tells us about the new winner who literally danced to perfection. Actress Sochi Gomez and her partner Val Shmerkovsky began their night with a perfect score and then did it again with their freestyle routine. In the end, judges' scores and viewer votes named them the season 32 Dancing with the Stars champions. Mirrorball, Emmy, Oscar? Is that how it works? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that's a great, like, that's a great schedule. I love that. We'll see if I can get there. If I really put my mind to things, I can actually, like, fully do them, and I can do them with a lot of confidence and actually execute them really well and have fun during all of it. All right, so Zochi received perfect scores on her final four dances, which is absolutely incredible. Going into the fan voting, our our own bachelorette Charity Lawson was in second place, but as it turned out, after the fans voted, the top two ended up being Sochi, and then the runner-up was Jason Mraz, who I believe the two best dances, it's hard to make one better than the other because they were flawless, the two best freestyles, in my opinion, were Sochi, which had a real like a medley of different types of Latin dance. Uh, I believe hers and Jason Mraz were both effortless, flawless. Now, don't get me wrong, Charity Lawson's was amazing. She did some sort of like cheer routine, which she did, I guess, in high school and or college. So it had been, I don't know, seven years since she was flying high, but it was incredible. She had a drum line. She she was launched into the air. It was absolutely incredible. I just wonder if the fans voting uh, thought of it as high of a skill as the actual dancing competition. Now, I thought it was good. It, it, apples and oranges, right, folks? Ariana Maddox had a struggle in her redemption dance and ended up not placing in the top. Although I have to say, Ariana has had her own victories. Vanderpump Rules' Ariana Maddox will make her Broadway debut as Roxy Hart in Chicago. She will begin performances on Monday, January 29th, and play an eight-week limited engagement through Sunday, March 24th. The 38-year-old reality TV star goes to show that you can parlay all of your dreams. Uh, all it takes is a paso doble and a couple 
choice wardrobes and a lot of hard work, and you can actually continue to spread your wings and fly. The Broadway company of the musical Chicago will welcome TV personality, actress, and author Ariana Bravo's Vanderpump Rules and a finalist on the most recent season of ABC's Dancing with the Stars, making her Broadway debut in the role of Roxy Hart beginning Monday, January 29th, 2024 at the Ambassador Theater on West 49th Street in New York City. She will play an eight-week limited engagement through Sunday, March 24th, Chicago is Broadway's longest-running American musical in Broadway history. And you can buy tickets at chicagothemusical.com. All right, let's. Uh, what we're going to do here is I'll get to the Clayton Eckert update, but all of this talk about Broadway and Dancing with the Stars has got me very, very hungry. And today's sponsor is HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Say hello to a stress-free holiday season with the help of HelloFresh. Skip the grocery store and save time. It is the season for giving and gathering, and with HelloFresh, it can also be the season of savings. Actually, save money this uh, month with fresh recipes delivered cheaper than takeout. And with pre-portioned ingredients, you'll never waste money on excess food. You know, I love most about HelloFresh is that if you need a little Dijon sauce or something, they give you what you need. You need some basil, some cilantro, it comes with the meal. You know, you don't have to buy bushels of cilantro that go to waste because you needed to make some tacos. Uh, so go to HelloFresh.com slash RushHourFree and use code RushHourFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash RushHourFree with code rush hour free. All right, folks, that's right. Clayton Eckerd is back in the news and he, uh, well, I guess we're the ones breaking the story. A source has revealed that the third DNA test has come back. We know the second DNA test in his paternity scandal was, uh, I guess, lost in transit. The first one revealed little to no fetal DNA, which basically means there are no babies. Uh, as far as science can tell. Now, like I said before, could they be hiding behind some bone marrow playing an elaborate game of uh, hide and seek? Maybe. On December 4th, as we reported yesterday, the intent to dismiss the court case was filed in the in the family court between Clayton Eckert and Jane Doe. Uh, this court case began on August 1st to determine per- parenting uh, uh, rights and to put together a parenting plan. Now, what's very interesting, and I covered this extensively in today's YouTube video, is that while the uh, source has informed me that these DNA tests have returned little to no fetal DNA, what's interesting is that RavGen, the company that um, actually was used to get the DNA test, they have a policy where they don't share the paperwork if the results are inconclusive. Uh, RavGen also refunded Clayton uh, for the third test, according to sources. Uh, He, of course, has received an order of protection, uh, or excuse me, Jane Doe received an order of protection against him. He has an injunction against harassment against her. What does that mean? That means that Clayton Eckerd, even though he has seen that uh, or, or has provi- been provided evidence that he that there is no fetal or little to no fetal DNA, even with that, he has not received like hard copy paperwork. They just I, I'm guessing what happens is they call you and say, yeah, there's no fetal DNA yet. And then they wait and they wait and the kids are going to be seven years old before they find fetal DNA. Maybe they're aliens. 
Maybe because they're aliens, they don't have the proper DNA. Maybe it's some reptilian lizard baby that's coming. Who knows? Does it blink sideways? What is it? Uh, the, the scales of justice? Uh, you know, what's going on here, folks? So you can understand the frustration that these results have come back, and yet they're not public and no one's talking about them. And while anyone who's been following the case understands that this is trending towards a case of uh, not him not being the father, it's still something that uh, I guess is being dragged out in the court system. As you know, I'm being sued for harassment and I've been threatened with uh, lawsuits of defamation by Jane Doe, and she actually has told me she's going to have her parents sue me for harassment. She's offered me about 10 times to take all my content down as final warnings before she does sue me for harassment, or, or excuse me, before she does sue me for defamation. Again, I don't, I don't know if that's a case she wants to take because if she sues me for defamation, I, I basically get to prove that I'm not lying. And I don't know if she would like that. Uh, I get to prove not just that I'm not lying, that I believe what I'm saying and that I'm sharing news here. Even though it might be very niche news, I'm sharing news uh, with my audience about what's going on within a Bachelor relationship, uh, or at least from the star of The Bachelor and this lady who uh, has canoodled with said star. So it's interesting. Um, uh, she will not be um, a time person of the year. I can tell you that. <laughs> time person of the year this year is Taylor Swift. And boy, do we want to share with you all, I mean, I got a lot. Of, the only thing, the only beef people have with Taylor Swift is the amount of jet fuel she uses to fly all around the world. You know what I mean? That's the only beef with people that, well, yeah, her carbon emissions are bad. And I, I don't blame you there. I mean, I don't blame you there. I, I don't know if it's better uh, with other pop stars or po 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 politicians or people who fly private. It would be nice if um, regulations made it so that private jets had and maybe these regulations exist but it would be nice if she was maybe being proactive with her gigantic platform to try to uh to do better i guess when, when it with regards to the green movement but either way regardless of that aspect taylor swift is an absolute icon and we're gonna have her story of being person of the year in 2023 coming up next no surprises that Taylor Swift is the person of the year. You know, it's it's amazing how far she's come at such a young age. When she was 17, she booked the biggest opportunity of her life, says Time Magazine, a highly coveted slot opening for country superstar Kenny Chesney on tour. This was going to change my career, she remembers. I was so excited. But a couple weeks later, Swift arrived home to find her mother, Andrea, sitting on the front steps of their house. She was weeping, Swift says. Her head was in her hands as if there had been a family emergency. Through sobs, Andrea told her daughter that Chesney's tour had been sponsored by a beer company. Taylor was too young to join. I was devastated. But some months later, at Swift's 18th birthday party, she saw Chesney's promoter. He handed her a card from Chesney that read, as Swift recalls, I'm sorry that you couldn't come on the tour, so I wanted to make it up to you. With the note was a check. It was for more money than I'd ever seen in my life. Taylor Swift says, I was able to pay my band bonuses. I was able to pay for my tour buses. I was able to fuel my dreams. Listening to Swift share this on a clear fall afternoon in her New York City apartment, I'm struck by how satisfying the story is. There are high stakes at the outset. There are details vivid and sensory. There's a twist that flips the action on its head, and there's a happy ending for its hero. It takes her only about 30 seconds to recount this, but those 30 seconds contain an entire narrative world. I'm not surprised. 
Swift has a preternatural skill for finding the story. Her anecdote about Chesney symbolizes a larger narrative in Swift's life. One about redemption, where one protagonist discovers new happiness, not despite challenges, but because of them. Taylor Swift, as we'll discuss, took a few hits to get here. I've been raised up and down the flagpole of public opinion so many times in the last 20 years, she says as we tuck into a cozy den off the kitchen to talk, and she kicks off her shoes and curls up onto the sofa. I've been given a tiara, then had it taken away. She is seemingly unguarded in conversation, reflective about both where she's been and where she finds herself now. After all, while she's uh, long been one of the biggest entertainers in the world. This year is different. It feels like the breakthrough moment of my career happening at 33. And for the first time in my life, I was mentally tough enough to take what comes with that. This is her story, even if she's now so high that it's hard to believe she was ever low. Now, yeah, of course, any cynic could look at Taylor Swift's story and show that she was uh, a child of wealthy parents that relocated from Pennsylvania to Nashville so she could live her dreams. But I tell you what, regardless of what got her to where she is today, regardless of any opportunities she was provided, she has delivered unlike probably any pop star that has ever existed. As he, as she is a uh, you know, in, in baseball, we call it a triple threat. When you can play defense and offense, when you have a good arm and all these other things, she's got it all. She's got the performance aspect. She's got the uh, the, the promotional aspect, being, you know, like a pretty woman. She's got the talent as a songwriter in the skills of a musician. So it's just absolutely no surprise as she has worn her heart on her sleeve that she's been able to just take the absolute world by storm, you know, and just, just absolute incredible story here. So I can't read it all for you, but uh, you can go to time.com if you want to check it out. It's hard to believe she's only 33 years young. I mean, where do you go from here? As we know, one of her bigger FU stories has been re, um, you know, uh, uh, re uh, recording all of her old albums now that she, you know, she's literally changing the way that contracts are written because after Scooter Braun spent hundreds of million dollars on the rights to her masters, as they call them, the rights to her music, she said, you know what, I'll just re record it all. She is a woman that is both loved and feared, uh, only feared by people that uh, maybe existed in a world that uh, was able to control artists. You know, she was able to circumvent the producers and go straight to AMC when it came to distributing her movie. I mean, she is just going to show that when you have the equity and when you have the audience, the world is your oyster. So congratulations to Taylor Swift on finally getting a little recognition out there. Speaking of recognition, we recognize now Alaska Airlines pilot is escaping attempted murder charges in mushroom-fueled cockpit struggle. Do you know this story? We covered it when it came down. The grand jury indicted Joseph Emerson on 84 other charges related to his attempt to shut down the engines of a regional jet headed to San Francisco. An Oregon jury, uh, grand jury declined to indict an Alaska Airlines pilot on attempted murder charges related to an accident, an incident in which after eating psychedelic mushrooms, he attempted to cut off the fuel supply and shut down the engines of a Horizon Air regional jet. Yeah, my question is this. Now, while this would have been catastrophic, the guy was having a bad trip. You shouldn't have a bad trip when you're a pilot. I don't know. I, I, I believe that, but I don't believe his motivation was to kill people. I think he was just a little out of his mind. However, Joseph Emerson, 44, 
court will face one felony count of endangering an aircraft and 83 counts of reckless endangerment, which is a misdemeanor. Emerson had faced 83 federal felony counts of attempted murder for the October 22nd cockpit scuffle over Western Oregon. Just a wild story. The attempted murder charges were never appropriate in this case because Captain Emerson never intended to hurt another person or put anyone at risk. He just wanted to return home to his wife and children. His attorneys at Levi Marythew Horst PC in Portland said Thursday, said Tuesday in an emailed statement. The pilot thought he was in a dream. His actions were taken in a single-minded effort to wake up from that dream and return home to his family. Oh, so he was like, I'm in a dream. I might as well uh, crash the plane so I can wake up. And they're like, no, bro, this might be your dream, but this is our reality. Pretty wild stuff out there. Can't make it up. All right, let's go to Bill Burr, one of my favorite comedians, the hilarious Bill Burr, commenting on what it's like to be a father later in life. He obviously had his uh, two kids a little bit later in life. And he, uh, he, what makes Bill Burr so good is that he'll take very common societal norms and he'll turn them upside down. He's very good at that. Have a listen to him on the Jimmy Kimmel Show last night. Are you guys doing, how old are your kids now? Uh, soon to be seven and three and a half. Okay, so are you like, is it Elf in the Shelf type of deal? Are you threatening them? Uh, My wife bought the Elf in the Shelf thing. I had nothing to do with that, so that is all her responsibilities. That stuff you were talking about, I laugh about that every night. Like, I'm laying in bed, and second her head hits the pillow, she's like, oh, I forgot to move that Elf. (laughs) It's a big responsibility. Yeah, but how deep is the lie going to get? Like, I already don't like that I said that there was this guy that doesn't exist, and now you have, like, the Elf... It's just, you totally, like, I, I really feel like whoever is keeping us all separated through politics and whatever, like, Santa Claus is part of it, whereas they just <laughs> immediately break down the trust between the kids and the parent. Like, you start so, you know? And it's totally for the parent. You just want to see you them get so? excited about life because you're so miserable. Like, Santa, <laughs> you know? You said that Santa Claus is coming, right? He's coming, you're excited, right? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Three more days, are you, are you excited? Is life worth living? It's so stupid, like, I don't know what I'm gonna do like that day. I'm just gonna be totally honest. Are you? I'm just gonna be, look, I got caught up in the lie that you're supposed to say as a parent. It's stupid. <laughs> Bill Burr, a masterclass on taking a very standard conversation and bringing out the the joy and the humor. Gotta love him. All right, Brian Abasolo is on Deandra Canu's podcast. She's got a new podcast, and it's episode four, talking about biohacking. How about that? Let's get to this story next. All right, we've got chiropractor and winner of Rachel Lindsay's season of The Bachelorette talking to Deandra Canoe on her new podcast. It's called Pass Her the Microphone, and the topic is about biohacking. Do you want to improve your health but don't know where to begin? Have a listen to Brian Abasolo. He's got abs. A little more on what biohacking is and why you think it's important. For me, it's like a very simple definition. It's uh, like do-it-yourself biology. Doing things that are going to improve your health, your wellness, your lifestyle. It could be simple things, intermittent fasting, um, breath work, meditation, working out, you know, uh, taking on a, a particular diet program, paleo, keto, carnivore, whatever it is. Things that are going to enhance your life and just make it better, make you feel better. 
I'll be honest, when I had Brian Abasolo on, it made several people very triggered when they mentioned the D word diet. And, you know, you might you might replace diet with uh, meal plans because some people, you know, the word diet has been used for crash dieting and toxic dieting. But the truth is everyone's metabolism, metabolism works a little bit differently. Hey, and don't take it from me. I'm not a scientist or whatever. Uh, but, you know, my wife now, she said she's been craving a lot more carbohydrates and she found out it's because when you're pregnant, your body doesn't want to burn protein, you know, gluconeogenesis, the burning of protein, protein for energy, uh, probably because it's trying to build a baby, you know, uh, versus if you're not actually pregnant, in which case the body just wants to crush monster energy drinks uh, because it takes a lot of energy to live a lie. So you've got uh, Brian here just sharing some different truths you can do. You know, one thing I've been doing a lot recently with my wife is we've been walking a lot more, you know, low impact, just going on walks. It's great for, it's great for our hearts and for our body just to get out and move. But it's also good. You know, I work from home. I kind of sit out in the office all day. They say sitting's the new smoking, right? So for us, it's just nice in a relationship to get out and just have a conversation with each other as we get some fresh air. Uh, but, you know, there's other things, uh, of course, maybe, maybe uh, you know, be careful during the Christmas season with some of the calories they throw into some of these Starbucks beverages. Oh, I know you're probably drinking the sugar cookie latte right now. Don't hate me. Don't hate the player. Hate the game, right? It's a war zone out there, folks. Absolute war zone. You know, do you want a peppermint mocha? I do, but I don't want to go into an uh, uh, into a diabetic shock because uh, you know you put 400 grams of sugar inside the peppermint stick. Uh, but you know, hey, that's that's an issue we all got to deal with during the holiday season. All right, let's move on to our final. I think we're down to our final clip or two of the day. Very interesting stuff here. We've got Ringer Reality TV on Instagram, which uh, is the host of Bachelor Party, the podcast. They actually talked with Rachel Recchia regarding Tyler from this season of Bachelor in Paradise. So they kind of glazed over this storyline, but Tyler got his ears pierced on the show. And apparently they didn't have any ear piercing tool. They just stuck the ring uh, the earring directly through his ear. Have a listen. How did he do it? Like, how, like, do you know? Did they have like a needle or something? From what I'm aware, they just took the earring and shoved it through his ear. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'm sure there's some tetanus there, maybe, or like maybe he got it cleaned up a little. That doesn't, maybe Tyler had an ear piercing that was like closed up, but they like reopened it or something. I'm, I'm I don't know. I walked down to the, the stud, the single stud. Oh my god! It it also was like a really big earring. I mean, not like Brayden big, but like shiny. And I just like I kept like catching my eye for subsequent episodes. I know we needed like the feather, the dream catcher, and one ear. <laughs> All right, so everyone says, "Oh, reality TV's not real." Tell that to Tyler's flesh and ear. <laughs> Tell that to his ligaments and cartilage. As there he was getting uh, his ear punctured on camera. Hey, look, I mean, this could have been a good uh, a good chance to have limited two offer. Oh no, maybe not limited two. Claire's. How about that? Claire's in the mall uh, could have been a good sponsor of this episode. Get yourself a Wetzel's pretzel and come down to Claire's where you can get a stud put into your ear. And by stud, I don't mean Tyler. I mean you know the uh, fake diamond that he's wearing. All right. Well, we were all over the place today, uh, all over the map from. Person of the year to 
uh, pilots having psychedelic rage. I'll tell you what, though, we didn't really discuss any aliens today. So does that make it a success or a failure? I'm not really sure. I'd love for you guys to let me know what you think of the Morning Rush Hour podcast. Are you enjoying both episodes? I am trying extensively to give you guys interesting content. I know there's enough out there to talk about. And I know, because trust me, I accidentally listened to terrestrial radio the other day. It is horse shit. It's really bad stuff. Terrestrial radio is nothing but car insurance commercials and doodads and FCC regulations. So I, I appreciate the platform you have given me to chat with all of you. And my intent is to continue to grow it. My intent is to continue to spread our wings and try new things. Um, I'm going to be doing a live stream, uh, some more live streaming when we move to our new place and setting up the technology for that. But in the meantime, I'm actually going to be, um, after this episode, I'm going on to Reality Steve's podcast. I'm guessing it'll air tomorrow, although I'm not entirely sure, but you can get more content over there. And yeah, tomorrow night, we're going to have the Bachelor in Paradise finale. So I'm sure there'll be a ton of stuff to talk about. Uh, No shortage of content as we finish 2023 strong. Well, have a good one everyone we'll be back for tomorrow morning's rush hour as always i'm dave neal have a good one if you enjoyed this episode please leave a five-star review on apple podcasts and if you didn't don't join the free facebook group dave neal's community got cash become a premium member at patreon.com slash dave neal link in the description below and don't forget to follow dave on instagram at d neals for upcoming stand-up shows see you tomorrow on the rush